What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Pastor Jason. We're so excited you decided to join us for worship today here at Salem Fields. You know, just to make sure that we're staying engaged today, would you answer this question for me? Would you let us know what is the most exciting thing that's happened to you um, this week? And you can just put it on there in the chat bar, and just so that we know that we're connecting with you and, and everything, we want to hear from you. You know, we also want to hear from you by how we can best serve you. So if you would, take the time to fill out your connection card today. You know, go to SalemFields.com contact. This is a great way for you to put all that information out there just to let us know how we can best serve you as your staff. Maybe you have prayer requests. Maybe you have suggestions on how we can best engage you here online and, um, and making sure that we're worshiping together and letting you know that you belong um, with us here at Salem Fields. You know, we're excited today that we're going to continue our series by Pastor James as um, that series of belonging as we learn to break down the barriers in our lives that keep, truly keep us from belonging to the community of God. So we're excited about that. So let's set aside the distractions, set aside the things that may get in the way from us hearing from God today. You know, um, we also want to make sure that you are staying connected with our, our children's pastor and our student pastor. You know, every Sunday at SalemFields.com live, we have our 1020 uh, children's service with our children's pastor and our student pastor at 1035. Make sure that you're keeping your kids and your students engaged in, in what's going on. You know, we want to make sure we're best serving you. We also want to invite you, if you're in the Fredericksburg area, to join us for an event that's taking place on uh, September 4th at 6 p.m. down at the Fredericksburg City Docks. This is a great way that we're going to go out and just do a sunset paddle. We're going to join um, together, bring your kayaks, your canoes, your paddle boards, um, as we just kind of do a short devotional together and spend time in prayer and just uh, in, in a community of, of engaging. So we're excited about that event. You know, make sure that you stay tuned for uh, information at the end of our services, different things that we've got going on at St. Fields and how you can stay engaged and we can uh, make sure that we're connecting and that letting you know that you belong to our community. We hope that you enjoy our service today and um, let's just sit back and relax and let's just sing praises to God right now. Oh, Jesus, rain. 
wasn't that just a great moment of just uh, singing praises out to God? I just love our worship team and what they do uh, each and every week for us as they lead us into um, lifting up and worshiping God. You know, we can continue to worship God today through the giving of our tithes and offerings. You know, Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. You know, this gardening metaphor may have thrown us off a bit. What it essentially is saying is that to give a portion, specifically a tenth of whatever we make, a.k.a. our income, to God. You know, first fruits is just a biblical way of saying that we should give first before we do anything else with your money. So tithe is what we first set aside for God um, that we're offering um, to him. And then our offerings are above that tithe. It's, it's what we, you know, that after that tenth that we've set aside for God, it's, it's what we give above and beyond. You know, the Bible tells us that tithing is a way that we show that we trust God in our areas, our finances. But it it's, wasn't just in place for God's benefit. You see, God already owns everything. He's got everything and owns everything. He doesn't really need our money. Instead, tithing is meant for the benefit of others. It means that we're sacrificing ourselves to use that money towards uh, God's kingdom, to building his kingdom and the use for others in ministry. You know, so that's how we honor God because we're putting self ourself aside and putting others first with our area of our finances. So we we ask that you joyfully give and that uh today um, in our tithes and offerings. You can do that by using our Salem Fields app. You can go to the um, the text and give today. Um, and you can also give online um, at our website at the, the, at the give tab that's there. We just want you to cheerfully give and faithfully give to God as God leads you um, in this. This is a spiritual discipline. It's so important to us. You know, we're excited about what God's doing today, and we want to pray for our services. We want to pray for you right now. So let's just bow our heads in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for you, God. We're thankful for what you're doing today and the message um, that you're going to speak through Pastor James today, Lord, as we continue um, learning how we can break down barriers to belong, God. We ask that you would just be with us, be with each person that's worshiping with us uh, online, um, that you'd be with their families, be with uh, their, as they're working, as they're trying to figure out, navigate these uh, these new things. Maybe they're their kids are learning virtually, and you're just with them, God. Speak to them today, God. Speak to our hearts. Let us uh, let us just continue in worship with you, God, and allowing you to speak to us and lead us how you would want us to be led. We give you all the praise for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us continue to worship today, and God bless.
Hey there, Salem Fields. Good to be with you here today. Today we wrap up our Belong series with this title, uh, Barriers to Belonging. Have you ever had a barrier in your life? Have you ever been trying to get somewhere, uh, accomplish some kind of task, and there was a barrier that was keeping you from accomplishing the task, forgetting where you were trying to go, to achieving your goal, and you needed to get beyond the barrier so that you could get what you were uh, working for. And uh, there are those times when you just have those barriers and you got to get beyond them. When I was in college, I uh, had a barrier to finish school. I had taken all of my classes and I was supposed to take this class when I was a freshman. It was called College Algebra. College Algebra. Let me say this to you. I hate algebra. Let me just say this to you. When I, when I did a, at my SAT in high school, I almost got a perfect score on the reading and section, but on the math and science section, I did terrible. And because of that, I had to take college algebra. Now, let me say this to you. I would normally admit this, but taking that college algebra, I might have taken that incomplete in that class and maybe paid for it more than one time because I hate it taking college algebra. But college algebra was the barrier to keep me from getting the degree I wanted to get. So in my senior year, the last class I took was college algebra. Now here's the interesting thing about it. Taking college algebra, you had the opportunity when you, got in, when you arrived in school your freshman year to take a test that would allow you to test out of college algebra. I was so afraid during my freshman year of taking the class, taking the test, I did not take it. Fast forward to my senior year. I took the test that would allow me to opt out, and I opted out of college algebra, a barrier. Have you ever had a barrier that has kept you from achieving a goal that you wanted to, you wanted to achieve? Well, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're watching this, whenever you're watching this, we're going to talk about barriers to belonging. Now, before I get there, let me, let me forecast our next message series. Our next message series is going to be looking at Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, which is normally called the Sermon on the Mountain. It's Jesus' coming out message to the world, and we're going to call it Blueprints for a Belonging Community. Blueprints for a Belonging Community. And we're going to go through that, uh, those three chapters, verse by verse, and we're going to look, look at what community is really supposed to look like, what you're really supposed to belong to, and what does God say about the community that he calls us to, that he created us to belong in. Well, before we jump into the message proper, I want to just go over some of the things that we've been talking about. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what belonging, what belonging is all about in the scriptures. Belonging has this deep root in biblical story and Christian theology. Belonging takes many forms in scripture, but it's not this complicated theme. It's not a complicated theme. There are three levels, three levels to belonging. First, most of the references to belonging refer to one's ownership or possession. Number two, <clears throat> Second, people are often said to belong to a fixed social group, a, the priest or the Levite's division. Joseph was to the house of David and the early Christians to the church. But there's a third, a third and most profound sense of belonging described in the scriptures. We belong to God and his family, a truth that gets expressed in three ways in the New Testament. We belong to God and his family. And this truth expresses itself in three ways in the New Testament. Number one, we belong to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Matthew 19 says, little children belong to Jesus in the kingdom. Those who serve the poor and marginalized in Jesus' name belong to him, say Mark 9. Says Mark 9. The church is the bride that belongs to Jesus, the bridegroom. John 3 talks about. Whoever belongs to God hears him and obeys his voice, John 8 says. All those who belong to the Son belong to the Father, John 16. 
Christ died so that we no longer belong to ourselves, but belong to Christ and bear fruit for God, Romans 7. And without the Holy Spirit, no one belongs to God. So throughout the scriptures, we see this sense of belonging. We see that the scriptures talk again and again about us belonging, about us being belongers in the community of faith. Number two, we no longer belong to ourselves or to the world. Jesus' own disciples, the Bible says, belong to him, not of the world. John 15, we no longer submit to the rules of the world because we no longer belong to it, Colossians. We no longer belong to darkness, we belong to light, says 1 Thessalonians. So, so not only do we belong to God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, but we no longer belong to ourselves or the world. And number three, we belong to one another. We're belongers. We belong to one another in the church. Belonging to God is our deepest need, and yet God himself calls us, calls us creation and life without human companionship and community not good. Remember, God makes Adam, and he, he makes all the animals and the creatures, and he sees that Adam is alone, and he says it's not good. God wanted us to belong to others. And so God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper, a companion. To belong to God is to belong to others. To belong to God is to belong to others. The children of God belong to the family. John 8, 35 says, A slave is a transient who cannot come and go at will. The son, though, has an established position, the run of the house. So if the son sets you free, you're free through and through. In Christ, we form one body. And every member belongs to all the others. We can't stop belonging to the body. I love the way that Paul illustrates this in, in, in kind of a metaphor when he talks about the body. He says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 16. If the foot says, I'm not eloquent like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, lipid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would, that, would you want to remove it from the body? We do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Listen to Galatians 6.10. Right now, therefore, every time we get a chance, let's work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. We belong to each other. At the end of the day, we'll find ourselves among the diverse multitude, the ultimate and eternal place of belonging in the holy city. We belong to God and not ourselves or to the world. We belong to him means belonging to his people. We're part of this community of faith, and it's the greatest expression of community the world has ever known when it's lived out the right way. So there's some good news, some good news to this belonging. Uh, there's a two times two chart from Andy Crotch who, who says that belonging is a result of being both known and loved. That when we really belong, when we really belong, we're both known and loved. And being known without being loved is rejection. Being loved without being, being loved without being known is merely fitting in. But, but, but being neither loved or known is total rejection. And so it's this idea that being known and loved, and that's what God does for us in Christ Jesus. He knows us best, and he loves us most. And when we're in community and we're known and we loved, we feel like we belong. So I want to give you these things. These are a couple of things that I want you to write down. I want you to write them down somewhere. Put them in your notes. Write them down in your Bible somewhere. Put them there because these are the things that we will talk about as we talk about belonging in the future. There are three ways that you belong. Looking at this from a biblical perspective, three ways that you belong. Number one, by belief. Believing. Belief. 
So you believe, in one sense, those who believed already belong to God, as Jesus told the Pharisees. As Jesus' followers, we believed in him ultimately because he belong, we belong to him. The two are held together. And it follows that as we grow in belonging to God and his people and increasing faith and trust in Jesus is essential. So we believe, we believed in him, and, and that's the way to belong. Some people said that you should belong before you believe, but I believe, in, I, I believe in the church that believing comes from belonging. Now, you're creating an image of God. You have the mago day in you. So there's a sense where you, we're all God's children, but there's, there's, there's a, a sense where we're all his children, so we all belong, but there's a, a different belonging that takes place when you and I believe. You, you, you've seen this in your life. There's one thing for you to have this, what we call kind of mental assent. You know, this thing, well, I, I know about that. You know, I, uh, I resonate with that. But, but something different happens when you get to a place and you say, I believe, I believe, I'm, I'm willing to stake my future. I'm willing to step out on faith and believe.
You know, there's this great uh, illustration about Blondin. Blondin, who is this tightrope walker, who is doing all these amazing tightrope walking uh, skills over type, top of Niagara Falls. And the story goes that one day he's, he's stretched a rope across Niagara Falls and he is, he is walking over the falls. And he, he takes that rope in and he walks over the falls. And he gets to the other side and people are cheering and people are screaming and they're having a fit. And, uh, and, he, say, and he says something like this, do you believe in blonde? And they, they said, we believe, we believe. And he said, do any of you believe enough to get on my back and walk across the falls with me? <laughs> it's one thing to say we believe. It's another thing to get on top of Blondin's back and allow him to walk across the falls with you. When you believe, you belong. Number two, to belong, we connect. We connect by, by being generous, by giving of ourselves, our time, our talents, our treasures. We connect through worship. We connect by doing life together in small groups. We connect by going to activities and showing up. We connect in our communities, in our cubicles. We connect in our homes. We connect in our schools, on the sports teams, on the golf course. We connect by, but just believing in Christ and, and, and getting involved and becoming a belonger at church and remaining in one place doesn't guarantee true belonging. We must consistently move on in. We must consistently believe. We must move towards others, embracing a life of interdependence, relationship over a life of autonomy and independence. You and I were created to do life together. Number three, belonging means to reach. To gain a sense of belonging make, means that we need to make space for others to belong, to, to take the focus off for ourselves. Too often, I can wait for others to check in on me, invite me over, put together a social gathering. But when I take the initiative, it's one thing to say, what are you going to do for me? How can you help me? What have you done for me lately? It's another thing to take initiative, whether it's inviting someone over to your home or office or, or grabbing coffee with someone outside of a gathering. It means reaching out, kind of being the person who takes initiative. This final step 
fits within the great paradoxes of Christianity. If you want real life, you have to give yours away. If you want to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. Isn't that what Jesus says? That, that it's in losing ourselves that we find ourselves. It, it, it's in giving ourselves away that we receive. So let's talk about some of those barriers. What are the barriers to belonging that we need to take out so that we can achieve our goals? When we take the focus off of our own needs for belonging and create space for others to belong, we find ourselves surrounded by those happy to have us in their lives. And so I want to use a, I want to use a passage scripture today uh, that Paul is talking about with the Corinthians, the, the church in Corinth, this, this passage that he talks about uh, uh, what it means to move beyond ourselves and move into community. I'm reading for, from 1 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 11 and 13, 11 through 13. Here's what it says. The question keeps coming up regarding meat that has been offered up to an idol. Should you attend meals where such meat is served or not? We sometimes tend to think we know all we need to know to answer these kinds of questions, but sometimes our humble hearts can help us more than our proud minds. We never really know enough until we recognize that God alone knows it all. Some people say, quite rightly, that idols have no actual existence, that there's nothing to them, that there is no God other than our one God, that no matter how many of these so-called gods are named in worship, they still don't add up to anything but a tall story. They say, again, quite rightly, that there is only one God, the Father, that everything comes from him and that he wants us to live for him. Also, they say that there's only one master, Jesus, the Messiah, and that everything is for his sake, including us. Yes, it's true. In strict logic, then nothing happened to the meat when it was offered up to the idol. It's just like any other meat. I know that and you know that, but knowing isn't everything. If it becomes everything, some people end up as know-it-alls who treat others as know-nothings. Real knowledge isn't that insensitive. Paul goes on to say, we need to be sensitive to the fact that we're not all at the same level of understanding in this. Some of you have spent your entire lives eating idol meat and you are sure there's something bad in that meat that then becomes something bad inside of you. An imagination and conscience shaped under those conditions isn't going to change overnight. But fortunately, God doesn't grade us on our diet. We're neither commend it when we clean our plate or reprimand it when we just can't stomach it. But God does care when you use your freedom carelessly in a way that leaves a Christian still vulnerable to those old associations to be thrown off track. And then he concludes in verses 11 through 13, Christ gave up his life for that person. Wouldn't you at least be willing to give up going to a dinner for him because, as you say, it doesn't really make any difference but it does make a difference if you hurt your friend terribly, risking his eternal ruin. When you hurt your friend, you hurt Christ. A free meal here and there isn't worth it at the cost of even one of these weak ones. So never go to these idle tainted meals. If there's a, any chance, it will trip up one of the brothers and sisters in Christ. So let me give you some sense of what Paul is saying here. There's been a controversy going on in the, in the, in the town of Corinth, and it's all over meat, meat that's offered to idols. And, and there are people who just say, oh, that's no big deal. It's like going to a place, we might, maybe a, 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 a daily, maybe our version of this would be, do you frequent a store that sells something that you're totally against? And some people would say, I'm not going to that store. I'm not shopping at that company. I'm not giving them my money because I just feel like it's a terrible thing. And other people say, oh, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm just going to shop where I want to shop. And Paul would say, do that. You can shop where you want to shop. You have the freedom to shop where you want to shop unless that causes someone to stumble. What this speaks to is one of the main barriers to community, to belonging in community. But before we get there, I want to go over the first two that I talked about in our previous messages. I said one barrier to community is alienation. 
While belonging is a term for the feeling of true connectedness, alienation is an experience of non-belonging. Alienation involves people not feeling sufficiently connected. It remains one of the most important yet overlooked causes for a variety of personal and social dysfunctions. Number two, passive belonging. We talked about the observer. Passive observing belongs without experience or without fulfillment. And let me get to where I want to focus for the next couple of minutes as we wrap up this message. Number three, the number three barrier to belonging in community is rugged independence. Rugged independence, which I call bootstrapping. I say, I've said many times over the years that you can't bootstrap your way through, these, through life, that, that we weren't created just to be bootstrappers. So this rugged independence is one of the core values that we hold dear as USA Americans. I mean, we, we're independent people. I mean, we, we're hardworking, rugged, independent individuals. And there's a sense in this, this idea of being this rugged, independent person that we don't need others, that we don't need to admit that we need others, that we can do this on our own. In fact, we have this philosophy that whatever we achieved, whatever, we, whatever station that we've gotten to in life, I did it. I did it. We even have songs that celebrate this. I did it my way. I'm dating myself as I say that. That was the, uh, that was the senior song for when I graduated from high school in 1984. Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Because of this, we are estranged from one another. Just look at the design of our modern homes. We, we no longer have front porches anymore, at least most of us don't. And if we have them, we don't sit on them. Rose and I have this front porch. We brought our house with a front porch because we like the front porch. And we go out there every now and then. But a lot of people have back decks now, not front porches. In fact, you'll see a lot of people, they'll drive up with their car. In their car, they'll push the garage. They'll park in the garage and close the garage door first before they even get out of their car so that they don't have to engage anybody but we do need each other. That's the truth. We do need each other. And we didn't get where we are due to our own bootstrapping or our rugged independence. For starters, for starters, not even our salvation we made possible. The Bible says that we're saved by grace, God's unmerited favor by faith. And the faith that we, the faith that we even can kind of work up is faith made possible by God. I love what Paul says to the Roman church. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son and sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. So if we can't even put together our own salvation without the grace of God, without God going before us, the Bible talks about this word prevenient. Grace goes before. So, so even when you found out God for the very first time. Someone was praying. Someone was involved. God was going before you, making a way for you to believe and trust in him. And throughout our growth, throughout our growth in grace, throughout our growth and maturing, moving out of the me, my, I high chair and sitting down to a great steak meal, even in that growth, we need each other. There was somebody who helped you get where you are today spiritually. There was someone who helped you get where you are today in your career. There was someone who helped you get where you are today, whether it was a spouse or a parent or an uncle or an aunt. For me, it was the church. There's a little small church called Grace Church that, that, that were my spiritual parents. No one else in my family knew the Lord, had a relationship with the Lord. And so that small church helped me and they nurtured me and they grew me up and they gave me opportunities to serve and they kept me accountable. We don't get here on our own. This is not about bootstrapping it. We get here because someone was involved and someone helped us. Number four, 
Number four, and we hate this, the S word that I'm getting ready to use, and I'm not, it's not the S word that you think it is, but we hate this word. It's the lack of submission. A lack of submission is a barrier to belonging. Dr. Matthew, Dr. Matthew uh, Bander, wow, developed an extensive definition of biblical community, and here's what he said. The essence of biblical community submits the individual to the community and not the community to the individual. Let me say that again. The essence of biblical community, the essence of biblical belonging, submits the individual to the community and not the community to the individual. Now, this definition, which I believe the Bible backs up again and again, that's also evident in our text today. If eating meat to idols makes someone who is weaker than you stumble, then put your rights aside and don't eat the meat. It is the antithesis to our cultural climate today because we sometimes believe the rights of the individual outweigh the rights of the community. Even in the church, this happens. People come to church and they attend a small group. You know, they, they gather in community, they attend a small group because what they think they'll get out of it. If there's anything to, to them that seems more important than gathering together in a small group or in community, if anything else comes up, if anything comes up on the schedule, most people that, that meets their needs personally, most people will give up community and give up the small group without even thinking about it. What if God intended for you to submit to community instead of requiring the community to submit to you and your needs? Is there anything in that question that sounds vaguely biblical? God desires that you and I submit to community of believers, which he has led us without being legalistic without being legalistic about this whole thing. Of course there's a time, of course there are times when you can't show up. Of course that happens. Because you need to be somewhere else. Of course that happens. But what if we made, what if we made this thing about belonging in community? What if we made this, this belonger thing not about us, but about the greater community So this idea of being in community and where it really is important is about two things. The two things that God does in us and he expects us to do in our lives, self-disclosure and helpful presence. And, and here's the deal. When, when we do our own bootstrapping, when we do our own independent kind of thinking, when we're rugged individual, individuals, or regularly independence, what happens is we put up protective walls around us. And this, and this is understandable if we've been hurt. Some of us have been hurt by a church. Some of us have been hurt in community. And so sometimes we put up a, a protective wall, and that's understandable. But if we're going to experience community, there has to be something in us that happens with helpful presence. There has to be something that, that, that happens in self-disclosure and helpful presence. Jesus models helpful presence and self-disclosure to his disciples in this, in this passage found in John 15. It says, this is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. That's helpful presence. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand their master's thinking or planning. No, Jesus says, I've named you friends. I've let you, know, let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. That's self-disclosure. What if we recommitted ourselves? What if we recommitted ourselves to biblical community? What if we recommitted ourselves to, be, to, to being belongers in community? What if we recommitted ourselves to, to putting someone else before ourselves, to preferring others before ourselves? 
as, as, a, as a staff, as we've talked about COVID and all the kind of things that we're trying to do as we begin to reopen the facility, we've talked about four commitments, four commitments. One, that we wear a mask. Number two, that we social distance. Number three, that we sit in family groups, right? And the most important one of all is that we prefer others over ourselves. It's this idea that in community, that the community, that we submit to the community and instead of asking the community to submit to me, and yes, we have our, our rights, and yes, we have all the, the, uh, the responsibilities and all of that kind of stuff, but what if we were, what if we were to commit ourselves afresh and anew as belongers of Selim Fields Community Church to community, to asking this question, what's the best for the community? And you know what I found over my life? I found over my life that when I, when I choose community, over my own rights, I've discovered that my rights are met, that my needs are met, that, that I feel loved, and I feel, I feel like I belong. If we're going to do real community, if we're going to be belongers in real Christian community, we need to understand that we need to get through barriers. And one of the biggest barriers we need to get through is we belong not to ourselves, but to God and through him to his people. And then at long last, at long last, our search for true belonging can have this happily ever after ending. Because in Christ and among his people, we are fully known and fully loved. When, when all of us, when all of us get to the place where we say we're going to prefer the community over our rights, these things that we demand sometimes, then we'll discover in community when all, everyone is doing their work and everyone is coming together that we are fully loved, <laughs> that we are fully known, and that makes all the difference in the world. So let me ask you the question once again. Selim Fields, do you belong? Are you willing to take down the barriers that keep you from being a belonger, that keep me from being a belonger? You know, sometimes it's a barrier that you will tear down that will allow someone else to be a true belonger and a barrier that someone else will tear down that will allow you to be a true belonger because that's the way God created it. We're in this together and community, doing life together with all of its ups and downs, highs and lows, celebrations and disappointments, frustrations, together as one, belonging in community. Pray with me. Father, thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this, this idea that is an idea right out of your heart, that, that, that the individual submits to the community that, that we belong to you, and because we belong to you, we have to belong to your people. And so, Father, if there are things in our journey, if there are things in our lives, if there, if there are things in our and our day-to-day -day that, that are barriers that keep us from belonging, Father, help us explore those. Help us to, to explore those and to deal with them and to share them and to in community, share them in community and get to a place where those barriers come down and that we can be fully known and fully loved and fully belong to the community that you're building, a community so expansive, a community that will never be stopped. We hear a lot of, a lot of stuff in our politic and our society and our culture about the church being stopped. No, the church doesn't. The church is not stopped. The community of faith is not stopped. You said, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build my belonging community of faith, and nothing will be able to come against it. 
And so, Father, help us to prefer others over ourselves in this journey. Now, Father, maybe someone's listening to me today, and uh, they want to belong. They've been looking for love and looking for community in all the wrong places, and, and they're just convinced because you've, you've gone before them. Your, your unmerited, your unearned favor has gone before them and has convinced them that this is what they need to belong to. And Father, I, I thank you for that. I thank you that you're constantly drawing people to yourself. And so, Father, if uh, someone's listening to me today, they could just pray a prayer like this. Lord, I want to belong. I want to believe. Help my unbelief. I, I want to belong. I've been looking in all the wrong places, making all kinds of bad choices or disappointing choices. Help me to make this, this right choice, to commit myself to belonging. Lord, come into my life. Transform me from the inside out and have your way with me. I'm yours. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it. We would love to kind of work with you and help you understand what happened and what's going on in your life and how we can get you on this, this path of belonging. And maybe you're here today and you've been, a, you've been a Christian for a long time. You've been a belonger for a long time, but you still have barriers in your life that you need to be taken, that need to be taken down. And you can pray this prayer, Lord, help me to open my eyes. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying. And Father, help me in community to explore these barriers and to take them down so that I can fully be fully loved and fully known and fully belong in community. Thank you for what you're doing in these days, Father. This is a new day. You said I'm doing a new thing in a new day, and we thank you for that. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, joining us and online and whenever, however you've joined us today. Love you guys. Have a great one.
louder, come on. Sing a little louder. 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 excited that you decided to join us today. We hope that uh, God truly spoke to you through the message today. We want to make sure that you're staying connected. So please check out everything that we've got going on, on throughout the week um, through our social media pages and our website. You remember, we have the deeper dive that takes place every Monday at 2 p.m. This is a live Facebook event. Um, you can be a part of that. If you have questions about today's message, please take time right now to go to uh, and email your questions to deeperdive at salemfields.com. And then Pastor Kelly and Pastor James will be able to answer those questions during our deeper dive on Mondays. You know, we want to make sure your students are staying connected. We have our journey uh, events that take place on Tuesdays. So please be checking those things out um, on all of our social media platforms and staying tuned to what is going on there with our students. And then we have our live prayer event every Friday at 9 a.m. through Zoom. So don't be, miss out. These are great ways for you to stay engaged with us here at Salem Fields, and we're excited about those things that we can offer to you. You know, if you have questions about Salem Fields or want more information, please email us at info at salemfields.com. And before we go, would you just uh, pray for Pastors James and Charity Anwa in Port Harcourt as they continue to minister to those um, throughout the streets of Port Harcourt and in the area there? And I also ask if you'd lift up uh, uh, Manu and his family in India as um, they've kind of had to tighten things down due to COVID there. And so it's getting a little bit harder to minister, but I know God can continue to use them. So they need our prayers more than ever right now. You know, we just hope that God blesses you this week. We're so excited that you joined us, and we hope that you come back and worship with us next week. So may God bless you. May God keep you safe until we see you back next week. Have a great week. God bless.